Welcome to the VIP Home Podcast, where we talk about all the things homeowners need to know. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the VIP Home Podcast. Today, we are talking everything fire prevention, and we're here with Andrea from the NFPA. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited, and happy Fire Prevention Week, everyone. (laughs) So, Andrea, can you share a little bit about you and a little bit about the NFPA and maybe how you got started working with the organization? The National Fire Protection Association was started in 1896. We are a self-funded nonprofit dedicated to the elimination of loss of life and property from fire, electrical, and related hazards. And when we started the organization, and where our 125th anniversary is, is next year, really it was about bringing together people and saying, fire's don't have to happen. People don't have to lose their lives. People don't have to lose property uh, because of fire. And when you think about fire codes and you walk into a building and you see the lighted exit signs and you see the smoke alarms and the fire alarms and all the different kinds of how many electrical outlets there needs to be and what they need to be uh, wired as, that's all NFPA standards. And that is the work that we do across chemical, electrical, building and life safety. My role, uh, I'm the Senior Director of Public Education and my background is is public health and health education. And my role is to work with Sparky and on the fire prevention side. Um, I'm really fortunate because I've had a really interesting opportunity over my professional lifetime to work in healthcare and academia and public health. And I came to NFPA a couple of years ago and work with our public education and wildfire teams, actually. And it's really about helping people know what to do in and around their homes to keep themselves, their families, their neighbors safe. Amazing. Well, we're so happy to have you and Sparky too. What would you say for a new time homeowner, somebody who's lived in their house maybe for a long time that feels fire won't happen to them? What are some things that you would share to help prevent people new and or used homeowners? I don't really know the right. Sure, sure. What's interesting is, you know, fire isn't always top of mind for people anymore. And part of it is because our success is now our biggest confounder, right? We've done such a a good job over the years through building codes, through policies, through education in reducing the numbers of home fires that people aren't thinking that that's the thing that's going to get me tomorrow. They have so many other things in their mind of what their risks are. And so that, however, now makes it even more dangerous because when a fire does break out, people are less likely to know what to do. People will panic. They haven't planned for it. And I think the other thing is that while we may have fewer home fires, we're actually having more deadly home fires. And that is a a change in some of the way in which the world works. So if we think about the materials that furniture is made out of today. So your new furniture is great. It's beautiful. And it's made with synthetics that burn faster and hotter. So... While you might have had 10 minutes to escape your home, you might have as little as two minutes to escape your home now, because once that smolder happens on a curtain or a couch, it can reach flashpoint 
in within two minutes. And so those are the kinds of things that now we're saying is it's not just about stop, drop and roll anymore, right? This is, let's look at as technology increases, how do we use it to protect ourselves? But how do we also recognize that newer isn't always better <laughs> in some of these things and putting it. So I say there's, there's a few key things. There's cooking, smoke alarms, CO alarms, escape planning. For inside your home, these are the four things you need to be paying attention to. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about cooking as we talk about our fire prevention week theme, but let's talk smoke alarms and CO alarms, carbon monoxide alarms. Unfortunately, people are twice as likely to die in a fire where there isn't a working smoke alarm, right? If you aren't alerted to the smoke alarm, then you don't know that there's a fire and you can't get out in time. And with things burning faster, it all puts together. So this is not just a nice thing to have. This is a critical life and death piece of equipment that you need to have in your house. And, you know, the smoke alarms really need to be one in each bedroom. Okay. One outside each sleeping area. So in each, say, hallway and on each level. So your basement does need a smoke alarm. Again, there are so many smoke alarms on the market. The key is that the battery is in it, that it's working, right? It doesn't work if you take the battery out because it went off the last time you cooked, it's not gonna work for you, right? It's like, you need your spacesuit to breathe on the moon. You need your smoke alarm to be safe in your house. So those are really critical pieces for that. There are combination smoke and carbon monoxide alarms that you can buy to make yourself just easier, but you don't have to. Carbon monoxide, you need one on each level of your home. Really the best protection is interconnected, having a light electrician actually wire them all up so that if on the other side of the house a fire breaks out you will be alerted quickly on your side of the house I didn't even know interconnected ones were a thing. That's amazing. Oh, Everyone yes. Those. And this is why, like, we believe our app with the preventative space is really helpful because, again, people might say, oh, I checked those last year. No reason to check them again. You know, I'm fine. Batteries last for whatever amount of years. And then all of a sudden something does go wrong and you're like, wait, I thought my smoke detector works. So I feel that. Yes. New building codes require interconnected smoke alarms and just about all in the jersey. So if you're building new, your builder should already know to be interconnecting your smoke alarms in your current home. And I think this is this is a really good point that you bring up is I've been living in my house for years. This is how we've always done it. We haven't had a problem so far. And getting people, yeah, my parents are in their early 80s in their home and getting them to change some of their ways is not always easy. I think that's part of the reason why we do a lot of education and raise awareness so that people understand really what is their risk and that it is a real risk and that there are really simple things you can do every day so that you don't have to worry about it. So what would you say some of those things every day that would help somebody be a little bit more knowledgeable, but not make it so when in the case of an emergency, they do know exactly what to do. I like to say smoke alarm Saturday. On the first Saturday of the month, test your smoke alarm. Walk around your house, put your finger, beep, make sure that that smoke alarm is working. If it isn't, then you know it's time to change the battery. And if it's over 10 years old, it's time to change the unit, right? So once a month, 
walk through the house. I, again, smoke alarm Saturday to remind you, test your smoke alarms, and then you'll know whether or not you need a new battery or, or a new unit. The other thing that's important to do with your family is to do a walkthrough with your family. See, you only need to do this twice a year with your family is say, okay, if there was an emergency, if a fire broke out, how would we get out of our rooms? And where would we meet outside? So it's important that, so I look in my office, I know I, I have a window I can get out of, I know I have a door I can get out of. Important that everybody in the home is part of that plan. If you have young children, you have the opportunity to say, well, I'm going to go this, you're going to do that so that we're not scrambling trying to figure out what to do in that meantime. I'll tell you the meeting place is the most is such a critical piece of this. Okay. We have had too many people lose their lives because they all went out the house different ways. And because I'm over here and my kid is over here and I don't know that they're out, parents run back in to save their kids and then lose their lives. And so this is really critical that you say, okay, everybody, our meeting place is here, this tree in the next door neighbor's yard. <laughs> it means that when the fire department arrives, everybody's accounted for and they know that they don't have anybody they have to go in and rescue, that everybody's out. And it's for the homeowner's peace of mind that they're not feeling like they've left someone behind. Those are really critical pieces of it. I have a daughter who's 20 and in college, and I even do that with her situational awareness. You know, you go out with your friends and I know people aren't going out to large venues right now, but they were <laughs> right. They were and they will again. Right. Have a place where you all will meet if you get separated. Right. Mom, we have cell phones. Blah, blah. Well, you can't always rely on the cell phone. Have a place to meet. Have a plan. And that's it. And then twice a year. That's the thing to do is to test the smoke alarm, let some beeps happen and say, smoke alarm, go. And people have to practice dropping everything. Not, oh, let me just finish this game. I'm about to level up and then I'll go. It's right. It's yeah. Get out, call 911 and stay out. That's a huge piece of it as well as the get out and stay out because there's no need to be injured or lose your life uh, for that. Any, and maybe you don't know this, but in terms of furniture, I mean, I feel like furniture nowadays, are there brands, are there types of materials that we should be looking out for? Or is it more just that's what is made today and we have to just be more careful? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't have like a, this is the one to buy. It's, it's just more that today's furniture is made with more synthetic material mm -hmm. rather than natural materials. So right. natural materials tend to burn slower than the synthetics. But if that natural material has now had a stain guard chemical added to it, you've negated that. So so that's why I don't want to say, like, just get cotton furniture, which is almost impossible to find anyway, and you'll be fine. Right. But and so you just have to assume that that worst case scenario that what I have will burn quickly. I have two to three minutes tops to get out of my house and then you'll you'll be fine. Now, do you recommend people having like a go kit or something that if they were in, I mean, granted, you can't have a go kit in every room. So if it happened in the middle of the night, you know, maybe you're out of luck. But if you had one, what would you put in it? Where would you put it? That's a good point. I will say for a home fire in that moment, it's not time to fish out your go kit. You need to get out. 
there are agencies that will help you and will help you right now in our wildfire space when the evacuation call sounds and you now may have anywhere between 15 minutes and a half an hour to evacuate your house which means you have a few minutes to make sure that you have everything in line big fan of the go kit and you know there's nothing wrong with a go kit no matter where you live right even if you don't live in a wildfire area having something that has some water your medications that sort of thing is always a great idea in case you ever have to leave your house Mm -hmm. i just don't want people thinking that in a home fire they should be going and looking for that go kit because that's not going to really serve you in the wildfire space, absolutely have an evacuation kit ready to go with some supplies of water, your medications, your important phone numbers. Mm-hmm. You have to assume that in the case of like the wildfires that are happening right now out west, your cell phones aren't going to be working. So you need to make sure you have your phone numbers and, and that sort of thing. For your home, it's how am I getting out? Where am I going when I get out and staying out? That's really what you need. Now, in terms of prevention, are there steps that a homeowner could take? I know you said smoke detector Saturday and things like that, but are there like prevention tips? Electrical, right? Don't overload your electrical outlets with multiple appliances. Do not charge your phone, your computer on a bed or other surface that can catch fire because these batteries can get really hot and they can actually ignite. So these are really important pieces with, especially with everybody home right now and everybody's remote learning is keep those cell phones charged in an appropriate outlet on a regular hard surface, not on your bed. Same with your laptops. Those are really critical, critical pieces. Candles, another major cause of house fires. There is no need to have a candle near anything that, you know, we say 12 inches. Always keep your candles a foot away from anything that can burn. Use something very heavy based so it can't get knocked over. And honestly, I'm a big fan of the LED candles that flicker and look like they're candles. They're safer. You won't forget about them. I think when we think about some of the deadly fires, a quarter of those fires happen when people are sleeping, which means cooking was left unattended. Something was thrown into the trash that was still on fire. A candle was left burning or, you know, something electrical. So, I mean, we really need to be really careful about how the things that we do as the winter weather is coming. A lot of people use space heaters and portable heaters. As long as it's in good working condition, it's from a certified manufacturer. Great. Plug it only into the wall. Never use an extension cord with appliances such as space heaters. That is a really critical piece. And it it sounds very simple, but again, plug your appliances directly into the outlet. Don't plug them on or near anything that can catch fire that's flammable. And make sure they're just in good working order right? Cords are frayed, time for a new one. Tips over easily, time for a new one. Those are some pretty critical ones. And I would also say it's important for people to maintain their furnace. That is a critical one because Some of the carbon monoxide poisonings have come from furnaces that were working improperly and releasing 
And carbon monoxide is called the silent killer. It's odorless, it's colorless. You get drowsy. You don't know it's happening to you. And that's why people die from carbon monoxide poisoning because they don't realize it's happening to them. So maintaining that furnace is so important. And again, that's a yearly check of having someone come in and make sure these things, you get your car's oil changed, you get your car tuned up, right? You go for your own visits and your immunizations. Consider the same for your house. These are regular things you need to do. These are your preventive screenings for your house. So I definitely knew about the space heaters in terms, but what if you keep a space heater on a carpet? Is that flammable? If it's easily knocked over or it's in a place where it might knock over, or if the carpet is such a heavy pile that it's already teetering, no. Mm -hmm. Right. But if it's on a carpet and it's in place and it's there and it's not going to get knocked over and it's not near three feet of things, you're in good shape. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, Some of the newer ones have automatic shutoff, too, if they knock over. So that's, you know, again, these are features that you can look for when you are purchasing your appliances. Yeah, that's definitely a great feature. I feel like everyone just needs to have that. Are there any other home, the washing machine or dryer or any like different appliances that we maybe don't think about correlate to fires and washing machines or dryers, but are there preventative steps we can take with those? Yes, absolutely. Dryer fires are still a thing. So I just really need you to know that never turn, leave the dryer on when you're not home. These are your absolutes, right? Do not run the dryer when you're not home because the dryer is one of those appliances that has a higher risk of catching fire because of leftover lint in the trap and in the exhaust that can easily catch fire when uh, heated. So a couple of things to do is thinking about when you do your spring cleaning around your home, go to that vent outside your house and clean out the lint from the dryer. That's a really big deal because that's the stuff that will get clogged up and then will cause a fire in your home. So once a year, when you do your spring cleaning, at least clean that out. And again, don't ever use the dryer when you're not home. Washing machines, you know, like any appliance could have if it's short circuits, that sort of thing. But it's really about the dryers because that's what's getting really hot for a really sustained period of time. Now, if your washer and dryer wasn't in like a bedroom specific, would you put a smoke detector in what that room would be? Or No, the smoke alarm would basically just be in the hallway outside of it. Smoke alarms should not be in kitchens or bathrooms because the heat from the kitchen and the from from the bathroom will set them off and then you're going to take the battery out and then you're now going to be left unprotected so the laundry room isn't necessarily a room that requires a smoke alarm as long as on that level there is a a smoke alarm so no smoke detector in the kitchen how interesting i mean i guess that makes sense because you're cooking and things get hot but right my current apartment doesn't have one and i always thought that was so interesting but now hearing it it does really make Total sense. Yeah, it actually just ends up making people dis- disable it anyway, and then mm-hmm. it's, it becomes uh, useless. And if it's the only one on your floor, now you're completely unprotected. So this is why they belong on the floor that is your kitchen that doesn't have sleeping areas in the hallways. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for your time and all this glorious information. I know I will be a better homeowner and hopefully won't set anything on fire with all your amazing tips. And thank you so much. 
Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Get more answers to your homeowner questions by subscribing to the VIP Home Podcast, available anywhere podcasts are found.